Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome to our second victory edition of the Believe in Lions podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V right here on the Believe Network. I'm your host, as always, at Javanaugh87, celebrating this win with a man who celebrated many wins for the Detroit Lions, former safety, former All-Pro, former interception leader, former locker room leader. It's the man, the myth, the legend, Glover Quinn. What's up, man? A lot better energy on here this morning. Exactly. I'm feeling happy. I'm energetic. I got busted out the suit for... It's a good, great time to be a Lions fan. We were saying that all preseason. It's a great time, especially beating the Packers. It's always nice to beat the Packers, man. Like, I remember my time there. I think, you know, if you look back at it, I think our record when I was there, I think my record against the Packers was actually pretty legit. Uh, you had a winning but, record against the Packers, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think, I think my too. first, I think my first year there, we split with them. My second year there, we split with them. We might have had a year where, yeah, I think I see they're close to 500 or I'm, or, or I'm up against the Packers. But um, it's just always nice to beat those guys, man. You know, that's a credit to their organization and what they've been able to do over the years and, and you know, how people feel about the Packers. But it's always nice. The Lions, I feel like, always give the Packers a good game, good good matchup. And yesterday they came out on top, so it was incredible. It was. And – Talk about a complete turnaround. We've been saying for months, this entire season, really, who are the playmakers in the secondary? Who can we count on to make a big play? Who's going to get an interception? Who's going to make a pass breakup? Do we have the answer? Because I know he's young, and that's a lot of pressure to put on the young buck. But Kirby Joseph, back-to-back games with a forced fumble, now his first two career interceptions against Aaron Rodgers, of all people. He was making plays. Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends, and as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, hockey, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. 
Yes, he was. He looked like an absolute playmaker. And like you said, we've been seeing flashes for the last couple of weeks. Had a big forced fumble against the Cowboys. Come back the next week with another forced fumble against the Dolphins, I think that was. And then this week to come back and have two interceptions, you know, to have a pass breakup, to save a touchdown down the middle of the field. Um, he looks like a guy that can make plays. But if you go back and look at his track record in college, right, they think they said he was a wide receiver. He switched over to DB. I think he had five interceptions in one year. He didn't become a starter, I think, until his last year. Had five interceptions. So that tells me right there that he has a playmaking gene inside his body that he can make plays. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't on the job that long in college, and he still was able to get five interceptions. So he has an ability and an instinct to make plays. So now knowing that background doesn't surprise you when he's finding ways to make plays in the NFL. And I think we're seeing from Jeff Okuda what he is. He's kind of becoming that physical guy. You know, he's not really – I don't think at this point he's been concerned so much about making plays on the ball. He's really just playing physical and trying to exert that part of his game. And that's that's fine. That's fine. Start out that way because, you know, he's still young. In, in football terms, he's probably still a rookie. He's probably hasn't played 16 career games yet or 17 career. He missed a whole last season, right? I think he only played one game, and I think he missed some games his rookie year. So he may be just now coming up on 16, 17 games in his career. So he's still kind of a rookie playing time-wise, right? So sometimes it takes a little while to, to get over that hump and, and want to be a ball hawk if you're not naturally a ball hope like a Kirby Joseph, but he's asserting himself. He's playing his type of game. He's been physical. You see, he knocked out two of his own players yesterday. So we got to get a better target area uh, for, for Jeff. So he's not knocking out his own players, but you like to see his physicality. you like to see his confidence. you like to see him scripting at that ball at the end to get that thing gotten the effort that he went after that ball with like that. Those are all great signs for, for young line secondary and hopefully they can build on that with two young guys and Jeff Okuda and Kirby Joseph. I really hope so because the thing with Jeff Okuda heading into this year was the Achilles. We were worried that the aggression wouldn't be there, that he'd be too passive and it's been the complete opposite. So you can take the guy and coach him back a little bit, rein it in just a touch. It's a lot harder to teach a playmaker to want to tackle. We've seen that throughout time. Some guys, they were never tacklers and come the end of their career, they just make business decisions left and right. So the fact that he is just hard-nosed into it and still could end up getting making those plays on the ball down the line, it finally gives us some hope in this line secondary. And there's a third member too, because Jerry Jacobs, he had toured the ACL last year undrafted rookie out of Arkansas missed most of the first part of the year came back today. And we saw him right before half. He's talking to Aaron Rodgers, and Rodgers is joking with him. Like he's it's right. Clearly rivalry, but it was also clear that Rodgers respected Jerry Jacobs, the second year UDFA. And when asked, what did you say to Aaron Rodgers? Stop trying me. Stop trying me because I'm going to make you pay. And then he also asked for a jersey swap after the game that he forgot to follow up on. But I just like this dog mentality that we're finally seeing from the line secondary. Yes. And, and you know, you're getting that young energy, um, that young confidence, those young guys, 
you know, they're coming in with a, with a chip on their shoulder and they're, and they're fighting for their pride. They're fighting for, you know, their lives. And, you know, it's tough when the whole world is counting you out and is talking about you and saying you can't play and this and this and that. You coach, get fired and all these different things. Sometimes you take it personally and you go out and you, 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 you try to show better for yourself and 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 have some pride and i mean you saw yesterday i think those guys made plays starting from the very beginning i think deshaun elliott had a big pass breakup at the beginning of the game they try to hit him on like a little quick slant or quick pass he comes up makes a great pass breakup they tackle well all day you know they gave up a couple plays but it's the nfl you're gonna do that but i think for the most part they did a great job of you know keeping the ball in front of them tackling and having an aggressive mindset to go after the ball. But making plays on the ball is contagious. You know what I'm saying? When one guy starts making plays on the ball, other guys start to make plays on the ball. When you start getting tip balls and the ball is flying around in the air, then guys start running to the ball, right? You can't make a play on the ball if you're not around the ball. So when you're hustling to the ball, you're going to get those tips. You're going to get those overthrows. You're going to get some of those balls that get pulled out or they fall and the ball is just hanging there. You're going to get some of those plays when you're hustling to the ball. And we saw that yesterday um, from the Lions. They were able to get a bunch of turnovers, and ultimately that helped them win the game. It did. And even on that final drive, they couldn't recover the fumbles, but they were going after the ball. It was just – it was completely different from what we've seen all year. Even Aiden Hutchinson with the interception, which a weird play call. You've got David Bakhtiari, the all-pro left tackle. He's coming off an ACL. He hasn't been healthy in about two and a half, three years. And you throw a pass to him where he gets injured, and you throw the interception to Aiden Hutchinson. So from bad to worse, but nice to see the rookie making some plays as well. Yeah, they tried to catch the rookie sleeping, you know, and put the veteran on him, roll away from him and let the defensive end, try to go and chase Aaron Rodgers down, and Bakhtiari pulled him through. But, you know, Aiden Hutchinson played it smart. You know, obviously those D linemen should know and should understand that old linemen don't just let you go through. If they let you go through, it's probably for a reason. It's probably a screen behind you or something like that. When the old lineman just lets you go through or pulls you through, it's a reason why. And so he felt that Aaron Rodgers was rolling away from him. So why is Bakhtiari pulling me through? Why is he just letting me go? No, no, no. He puts his foot in the ground, turns around, and he gets a gift from Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, that was one of my key matchups I think I had in the game. Um, Aiden Hutchinson against Aaron, you know, whoever they had at left tackle, um, being able to get pressure on Aaron Rodgers. And I don't think we saw as much pressure from Aiden Hutchinson on Aaron Rodgers, although they did force him out the pocket a lot of times, which they still have to clean up. You know, we let Aaron Rodgers, even at his age, run for a couple key first downs, getting out the pocket and things like that. But he was able to come back and make a big play. And if you look at their first two drives, you know, Kirby Joseph getting the interception in the end zone and then Aiden Hutchinson coming back and getting another interception in the end zone. That right there was a tone setter for the game because it could have easily been 14 to zero and the Packers riding high. Instead, it was the Lions with two turnovers at the two-yard line, and the defense was playing with a lot of confidence. And the last time Aaron Rodgers had multiple interceptions was 2017, I believe. I could be wrong on that. But to then to throw three, just falling apart and credit to this defense. And there's a lot of turmoil 
in this defense because we just fired our secondary coach, our defensive back coach, Aubrey Pleasant. And so Aaron Glenn, the DC, he was under a lot. He was under the microscope, if we're being honest. Everyone wanted to know how he would respond because a lot of people thought you're not firing the DC for the defensive problem. And so I don't want to say it's all solved. We fixed the problems in the secondary after one game, but you have to be encouraged what you saw. And Dan Campbell was so encouraged that he actually gave Aaron Glenn the game ball. Yeah. And, that, and that's a good, you know, bowl of confidence in, in AG, you know, like we said, when you got coaches that you feel like are the right people, you got to stick with them through the good. You got to stick with them through the bad. Sometimes people have to fall through that, but we can find another guy that can be a defensive backs coach. <clears throat> we can find another guy that can maybe be a wide receiver coach, but sometimes you want to keep the leaders in place. And that's what Dan Campbell did. And, you know, they responded, they played hard for AG. You saw the celebration in the locker room. They were excited for Aaron Glenn to get that game ball because they must obviously know how much he care, how much work he puts in. And they were able to finally put one together and they were able to close out a game defensively. Yeah, you want your offense to be able to stay on the field and close out the game and the defense not have to go back out there. That's when you're really, really, really at your best, when your offense can take the ball in the fourth quarter and put together a six, seven-minute drive and just milk the whole clock away and win the game. But sometimes it don't happen like that, and the defense has to go out there and make a stop, and they were able to do that yesterday against a historically good quarterback. Who, he's not He's not playing very good right now, but it's still a historically good quarterback in Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And so I thought that was a great job by Aaron Glenn having his guys ready to go. They play with a lot of energy. They play with a lot of effort, you know, and that's a credit to Ford Field. The, the, the stadium was rocking. I heard from different people how loud it was in there. And so for the Lions to be going through what they're going through, be a one in six football team and to still have the, the fans be there into the game, excited, cheering loud, that's just a testament to how loyal the, the Lions fans are. That's a testament to them, the city. And so it was a great job for the Lions yesterday to reward those guys with a win and a good feel-good uh, for, for their Sunday. And I really think that this win did reveal a lot about the Lions team. And I wanted to ask you how players feel about coaches getting the game ball. Because a couple weeks ago, Bill Belichick, when he passed Papa Bear George Hallis to become the second winningest coach ever, he's given a game ball, but immediately gives the credit to the players because I'm just the coach, the players win the games. But then you see the Lions situation where the defensive coordinator or coach gets the game ball and he's literally lifted up by the locker room. They literally pick him up celebrating. So is that something where it just depends on who you are or is it just a, Hey, we're all in this together. Whoever gets the game ball, they deserve it. Yeah. I mean, I think it all just, it just all depends on the state and, and what's going on with the team. Obviously, for for the Lions, like you said, there's been a lot of a lot of talk, a lot of heat, a lot of stuff on Aaron Glenn. And so, I mean, we're all human, right? So Aaron Glenn hears it, Dan Campbell hears it, the players hear it, everybody hear it, everybody knows it. And you know, for your leader to stand up in through adversity and continue to lead, to continue to work, to continue to believe in you, and for you to go out and play a great game and get a win. And then for him to get a game ball, that just shows you what's been going on in the building. That shows you the pressure. That shows you how they feel 
that they understand that the defense hasn't been playing great. They understand that there's been heat on Aaron Glenn, and he's stood up, he's he's faced it, and he's continued to work and grind, and those guys were able to come out and play a complete game yesterday, probably something that he's been preaching. Hey, if we just do the little things right, if we take care of our business, let's force some turnovers. Let's get some pressure on the quarterback. Let's play smart. Let's not beat ourselves. You look at the game yesterday. I don't think we had very many like, pass interference penalties or, you know, holding penalties, but Amani didn't play either, right? So, um, you know, when you look at things like that, you're not beating yourself defensively. You're not giving up big plays. You're not letting big runs break out where you're hurting yourself. Let's do all the little things to help ourselves, and let's just see where we end up. And yesterday, I think they done that. They kept the big plays off of them for the most part. They kept the penalties down, and they made some plays. And when you do that, you're going to give yourself a chance to win, even when the offense doesn't play great. You're going to give yourself a chance to win when you can hold teams to nine points or whatever the, whatever the Packers had, right? You're going to give yourself a chance to win the game. And that's what I wanted to ask about next is how much more special is that the defense plays so well, holds them down in a game where the offense does nothing special at all. So Goff, he barely completes 50% of his passes, doesn't top 140 yards passing, two touchdowns is nice interception, but he doesn't take a sack. So that's good, but just nothing special. Amon Ross St. Brown catches four of his nine targets, only 55 yards. Not the best day from him. Even Jamal Williams, he gets 24 carries. Averages 3.4 yards per carry, only 81 yards. So just a quiet day from everyone involved. DeAndre Swift is still incredible, averaging 10 yards a touch, but he only gets five touches. So what is your takeaway from this offense after getting rid of TJ Hawkinson? after struggling to put up points, but still getting the win thanks to the defense for once. Right. I mean, I think that's that's how you play football. That's how it is. That's, your offense is not going to perform great every time. They're going to go through struggles. They're going to go through injuries. They're going to go through things where that's when your defense has to be able to pick you up. And there's going to be times where your defense is struggling. Your offense has to pick you up. You look at Amon Ross St. Brown numbers, and, yeah, he only had four receptions for 55 yards. But if you look inside that four, two or three of them were big third-down completions to keep the drive moving and to keep time ticking, right? Yeah, he might didn't have 10 catches, eight catches. But to be able to come through on a couple crucial third-down situations, that was huge for them. Yes, DeAndre Swift, five catches with five touches, uh, 50 yards. He had a nice – um catch nice pass out the backfield um you know making it making a catch you know he can do those type of things obviously I still don't think he's really healthy I don't think he feels confident in his shoulder or his ankle but he's trying to go out he's trying to fight and as a skilled guy it's tough right it's tough when you're running back and your shoulders hurt and it's when you're when your ankles hurt and it's hard to make your cuts and you can't be how you want to be you can't be as, as explosive as you want to be it's tough but kudos to him. He's fighting through it. But I think what Jamal Williams did, I mean, you look at it and say 24 carries, only 81 yards. I mean, 3.4 yards of carries, that's averaging a first down, really, right? You give him three carries on the drive, first, second, and third down, it's going to be 3, 3, 3.4. That's going to give you 10 yards and give you a first down. So when you see numbers like that and you see a low-scoring offensive game, that just means they're running the ball, 
They're getting three yards and a cloud of dust, and they complete in a couple of crucial third down situations, and then they're playing complimentary football. The Lions get a couple of turnovers. They get a couple of key stops, fourth down stops. They get, you know, the ball in decent field position, and they do just enough to get a touchdown on the board here. They get a field goal or two there, and you just find a way to win the game. It's not pretty, but you find a way to win the game. And somehow found production from the tight end position without TJ Hawkinson. The rookie James Mitchell catches a touchdown. Shane Zilstra catches a touchdown. So they weren't the eye-popping numbers, but just, hey, they at you least... Know. At least the red zone offense hasn't been killed. Uh, I can't. I mean, uh, I mean, I you know, I struggle with that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't know if I can sit here and say they found production from the tight end. I mean, they they got in at the two yard line, yeah. and there's nobody really thinking about those guys. So yeah, the NFL touchdowns. They should have caught the ball. I mean, you could have put me in there, and they and I would have caught the ball. They put. I mean, that's why they throw to David Bakhtiari. Like, I mean, if you can just catch the ball, you can get in from the one yard line. Doesn't mean that you just this phenomenal tight end because you can run a play action pass and nobody's thinking about you and you catch the ball. So let's not get that confused with production from the tight end position. Those guys didn't do really anything to help. I mean, I think Jamal. I mean, I think uh, James Mitchell called a key third down, but it's still that's three, two, two or three yards. Um, I think you still need more of a threat down the field as a tight end to control the middle of the offense. They don't have that right now, so that's going to put more pressure on Amar Ross St. Brown in the middle of the field, and you don't have anybody on the outside to help take the pressure off Amar Ross St. Brown on the inside. So they're going to have to win that way for the rest of the season, so at least so they can. I mean, find some kind of way to get somebody on the outside to help out. They're going to have to run the ball. They're going to have to control the clock. And they're going to have to play stellar defense. I should have clarified because they did only put up nine yards. My my worry, though, was TJ was really our only big receiver. So I'm worried that we get to the goal line. We can't even do those play action passes because – we don't have anyone to do it. So that, right. that's what I all I wanted to point out was we got at least it hasn't completely evaporated, but there is so, so long for us to go. And heading out of this game, Dan Campbell admits, you know what? I'm just exhausted. I want to go home and have a beer. It's not too often you have coaches say stuff like that other than the Super Bowl when you get Andy Reid saying he's going to go have a cheeseburger. So do you just think that's, an honest guy being honest or do you read more into that than because coaches are always just so oh, on to next week on to next week. I mean, I think that's an honest guy being honest. I think that's a guy that's been dealing with a lot for the last six, seven weeks, you know, eight weeks to the beginning of the season hasn't gone as, as he wanted to go. So he's probably been taking a lot of heat, right? Spending a lot of hours trying to figure things out, just working, 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 grinding, grinding, grinding. And when you finally get a win, Man, I'm going home to have a beer. Like, that's the honest, that's the truth answer. All these coaches do it. We're all adults. I mean, there's nothing wrong with going to have a beer, right? So, and I think he said it. I don't have a problem with it. Heck, I mean, you play and you win a big game like that, especially at home. You don't have to travel back from a different city and all these different things. You can go home. You can be with your family or whatever you got going on, and you can sit down and you can say, whew, we finally got a win because it's really hard to win in the NFL. And I know they may have only won twice, 
but you got to celebrate every win that you get because as you seen yesterday, it's hard to win the games. So you got to appreciate it. You got to take them and congrats to coach. Go have your beer. Heck, have one for me too. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And that's how I took it as well. It's just Dan Campbell is more honest than most head coaches, and so when he's in the euphoria of that win, he's going to be a little bit more honest than he usually is, so... I like that just shows that coaches are people because we never get that peak that, hey, Bill Belichick is a real person because of the media quotes that he gives. And I'm not faulting him for it. It's just nice to see that curtain lowered to understand that, hey, these people, they're still just people. Right. And I think I think more people, more coaches should be that way, because I think from the outside looking in, you know, you put up this persona to the world that like, you're this robot when you're not like you're normal. And that's why I think when they make normal human mistakes, everybody gets all up in arms about it because they're being characterized as robots. No, man, they're human. Just like you, they got the same feelings you got. Yes. They may carry themselves a certain way because they're coaching or whatever for a billion dollar organization. So this is not, just regular little stuff. This is very, 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 very high classified type stuff, right? So yes, they may have to carry themselves a little differently and that's what they're supposed to do to represent the organization and all those things. But they don't take away from the fact that they're human, right? So when they go home, they lay down just like you. They feel just like you. They sleep and wake up just like you. They want to have a drink just like you. They have kids they have wives they have things going on in their lives just like you they have family that bugs them just like you they have the same stuff going on as everybody else and they have to keep it together to try to lead this organization to get wins and so it's more coaches should be more honest about that and and really connect with fans and people just to let them know hey man you know (laughs) i'm just like you I'm I'm just trying I'm just trying to to make it. I'm just trying to do this and do that. You know what I'm saying? But you know, I'm I'm just like you. We got some of the same problems. And that's what I like about some of the younger coaches in the NFL. It's just a different style. You get Dan Campbell, he's a lot more emotional, a lot more honest. You get Mike McDaniel with the Dolphins, and he not so emotional like Dan Campbell, but brutally honest has fun with it and you even see him on the sidelines justin fields runs for a first down and mike mcdaniel's getting his in his ear justin can you please stop running for first downs just just stop it man stop and he's obviously frustrated but he's also having fun just being a regular person and it's so different seeing that versus the cliche quotes of aaron Rodgers in the locker room well you know you can't lose games like that against that team what does that mean (laughs) Because well, both the Lions and Packers have six losses now, in case you haven't right. noticed. What do you mean by that team? Right. And, and you know, first of all, shout out to Justin Fields for that incredible rushing performance. I, I hope he got all his rushing out this week 
or last week, so he don't bring that to the Lions game this week. But for Aaron Rodgers, you know, to make that comment, obviously that's a shot at the Lions. That's a shot at the organization about that team. You know, Aaron Rodgers, you can look at your head. I don't know if your record is as good against Detroit as you think, especially (laughs) over the last few years. So um, that's just a shot at the Lions. But I said on a podcast earlier this week, I think I was talking with one of the the, the Lions, I mean, the, the Packers podcaster guys, and I told them, or it may have been you, it may have been our podcast. And I was like, you know, we've been putting a lot of pressure and a, and, and a lot of blame on the Packers wide receivers and who Aaron Rodgers has to throw the ball to and all this and this and that. And, you know, his receivers have been taking a lot of flack for it, right? Yes, they are leading the league in, in, in drops, I think, and all types of stuff like that. I said, but if the Lions beat the Packers, we're not going to be pointing the finger at his supporting cast. We're going to be pointing the finger at Aaron Rodgers. And that's exactly what we're doing today because he did not play great. He can sit there and throw his arms up and flail and all this stuff and try to make it seem like his receivers are running the wrong route or they should have bent it over a little more or they should have done this or done that. At the end of the day, you're not making great throws, Aaron Rodgers. You're not putting the ball where your receivers can catch it. You've been practicing with those guys. You should know how they run their routes. You should know what they like and you should be able to put the ball where they can go and catch it. The pass down in the middle, Kirby Joseph makes a great play on it. Aaron Rodgers got to put that ball farther in the end zone, but we're seeing a lot of his throws coming up short. Is he losing some of his arm strength because he's getting a little older? Those things are happening, and I think for people, it's hard to see that. It's hard to accept that because he's been great for so long, and you feel like he's going to be great forever, but he's human just like we were just talking about, like everybody else. And so we're seeing a lot of throws that he's just not making, right? I think last night, looking at that Chiefs and uh, Titans games, that's what we used to see from an Aaron Rodgers. Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, outside of Travis Kelsey, didn't really have a lot of help last night from his receivers. The Tennessee Titans were locking those guys up. But Patrick Mahomes found a way with great play by his defense, I'm not going to take any credit from them, right? To make some plays, run for first downs, make timely throws here, scramble around. It looked like, I mean, he threw the ball more times than I've ever seen him throw it. And it looked like he was running for his life almost every single play. I don't know if I've seen many plays where Patrick Mahomes came out and threw the ball on time, just like boom, 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 throw the ball. It was like hold, move, look, scramble, run, run but he found a way to win the game. And that's what we're used to seeing for so many years from Aaron Rodgers, right? Regardless of his supporting cast, he's going to find a way to make enough plays to win the game. And I don't think we're seeing that right now. And I think some of the throws that he's making, he missed a throw uh, to two rate two, I think his name coming across the middle. He throws it a little short. He threw the, the one down the middle to that Kirby Joseph a little short. You know, obviously Kirby makes a great play on the tight end, undercutting that ball, but that's a throw that Aaron Rodgers generally can make that the safety can't make a play on. You look at a few different throws in that game, he's just not throwing the ball like we're accustomed to seeing, and you can say it's his receivers, but after yesterday, I'm going to put the blame on Aaron Rodgers. 
And it seems as though little Wayne actually might be putting the blame on Aaron Rodgers too. tweets after the game that the season's over RIP to the season. We should have traded 12 last year. And for, I got to ask as an athlete when, because little Wayne's not your peer, if you're Aaron Rodgers, but he's a celebrity, he's a big name. So when you see that, does it impact you at all? I mean, I don't think it impacts you from, you know, any standpoint other than a normal fan, right? Because in my opinion, fans are fans and, you know, you love them, but you also got to keep in context that fans are fans. And that's, you know, some things that I talk to my kids about at this, even at this day and age to understand that fans are fans. Meaning when you're playing well, fans are going to love you. When you don't play well, fans are going to be, they, 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 they want somebody in there that's going to play better. Right. Because they don't know you personally like that. They don't know you, you know, they just want to win the game. And when you're doing something to help them win and help them feel good, they're going to love it. When you no longer can do that, they want somebody else. That doesn't mean that he hates Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, he's been very outspoken over the years about his love for Aaron Rodgers. But that doesn't mean that at some point Aaron Rodgers' time is up, right? It's the same way for it's the same way for musical artists, right? They, they go through a stretch where everybody loves them, and then as they get older or they you know, people may start to, eh, I'm kind of tired of listening to that type of music or I don't really like he's this or that, right? So things like that happen. So for Aaron Rodgers, you know, yeah, it sucks because that the fact that he is a celebrity and the fact that he is as big as he is, that's why we're talking about it, right? Millions, hundreds of thousands of people could have sent out that same tweet yesterday and we wouldn't have even known about it. But the fact that Lil Wayne sends out that tweet now the whole world gets to hear about it. Everybody sees it. And now one of his big one of the Packers' biggest fans that's been very outspoken about the Packers. I mean, I think he was at the Packers performing uh, a couple years ago. Like he's been very outspoken about being a huge Packer fan. So to see one of their celebrity fans say the season is over, which we knew that. Um, but that they should have traded 12. That's going to be a topic of discussion. And Aaron Rodgers has, you know, unfortunately made that a topic of discussion. It is. And another topic of the session that just came in right this second, the Indianapolis Colts have fired head coach Frank Reich. He becomes the second head coach to be fired on the season. This is a live breaking news. So Glover, the three, five and one Colts, they have absolutely disappointed, but They're still ahead of the Rams, the Broncos, the Browns, the Cardinals, the Packers, the Jaguars, the Bears. Interesting to pull the trigger this soon. And we all knew this move would come at the end of the year, but just interesting. Yeah, that is that that's very interesting, especially in the middle of the season. And, you know, especially when, like you said, three, five and one, you know, I I feel like when you have stuff like that, it's a lot of things going on internally that we don't get to see. Right. There, there's some, philosophical differences there's some locker room things going on there's some there's some things going on that we're that we're not seeing right it could have been the Matt Ryan thing I don't know if that could have been something that just went completely downhill and they put the press the blame on on the head coach it could have been a lot of different things but to fire your head coach in the middle of the season when I mean you still got nine games or eight games left to play. Who knows what you can do in those eight games? I mean, maybe they just gave up hope already. 
And I feel like as a player, that's what you feel. You're coming off a loss to the Patriots. You just fired the head coach. As a player, you feel like they've given up. Mm-hmm. They've given up. Especially- they've given up. And they put, when you do that, all the players are put on notice. Because you know a new head coach is going to be there. You're going to have an interim for the rest of the year. And then next year, they're going to have a new coach. So you're playing for your lives. That's either going to be a spark for some of those guys or not. But that's really what it is. You're playing for your life right now. Because you know a new coach is coming in and he's going to want his players. He's going to have to keep some of you guys. And if you're not showing that you're somebody worth keeping, you're going to be gone. And especially this is interesting because the logical replacement would be Gus Bradley, the defensive coordinator, who flamed out pretty epically in Jacksonville as a head coach. So it's not even like they're, hey, you know, we've got this young up and comer. Let's let's see what we've got. See if he can be a head coach. It's just full on open tank season for the Indianapolis Colts. So they're probably going to be trying for a top five or better pick. And if you look at the standings for the worst record in the first overall draft pick the lions are now the fifth overall pick they are ahead of the raiders who are also two and six same with the steelers ahead of the panthers at two and seven and ahead of the texans at one six and one so lions gonna be moving on the power rankings glover yeah they'll get a couple notches they'll get a couple points you know i'm about ready to put green bay down there with the texans (laughs) <laughs> I mean, they did lose to the Lions. That so. might, I mean, even though they won three games with all the injuries that they have and stuff going on, they may be one of the worst football teams in the NFL. It just is what it is. You know, yeah, they got three wins. Those came early in the season, and you look at the injuries they have now, you look at the way they're playing, you look at their receivers, you look at Aaron Rodgers, you look at everything that's going on over there. They may be a top three or four I mean, a bottom three or four team in the NFL. I don't know. I don't have to do my power rankings this week. So, ah, we'll, we'll wait till see. next week. We'll, we'll get an update then. Update on TJ Hawkinson, though. His first game with the Minnesota Vikings is a strong one. He catches all nine of his targets, no incompletions headed his way, 70 yards for him. He's the second leading receiver on the team behind Justin Jefferson, who, of course, is going to lead 90% of the weeks, if not more. And Kirk Cousins, he grits through a rib injury as well. So now they are 7-1. and one. They play the Bills, which I'm going to chalk up as a loss. But who knows? Because even the Bills are beatable now. Then the Cowboys, who I think they can beat. And then it's the Patriots, the Jets, the Lions, the Colts, the Giants, the Packers, and the Bears. And I think the Vikings are probably going to be favored in all of those games. So could we be looking at a 15-2 and two Minnesota Vikings team come to the end of the year? I mean, those are some tough games, especially the way the NFL has been going. I know you look at that and think it's not tough. That Bills game is going to be tough. The Cowboys game is going to be tough. The Patriots are playing a lot better right now. So that's not three, you know, guaranteed wins. Um, The Jets are playing good right now. The Lions, it's a division of game. You just never know how that's going to go. They're going to be in four field. You know, that game could go either way. The Colts are awful. The Giants, that could be a tough game. The Packers are all for the Bears to be awful. I mean, I don't know if they'll be 15 and two, but I can say they'll probably get to 10, 11 wins, 12 wins, but I don't know if they'll get to 15 and two, but I, I can see them clinching the division 
you know, it'll probably take them with them having the Bills and the Cowboys and the Patriots and the Jets. I mean, it'll probably take them five or six more weeks to clinch, but I, I can see them clinching. I, I don't know if they'll they'll be favored, but those would be tough games. And the way the NFL is going, I don't, I don't think they'll win all all four of those next those next four games. Um, so I mean, they could end up being seven and four in the, in the next couple of weeks. You know what I'm saying? But I do think the addition of T.J. Hawkinson, like I said, when you have that threat in the middle of the field. Right when you can get nine catches for seventy yards from your tight end, he is on the defensive scouting report because that controls the game. Seventy yards—that's seven first downs. That's seven first downs. That's you know what I'm saying. So when you have that threat, it's going to open things up for Justin Jefferson. It's going to open things up for the. It's just going to open more things up because now they have to pay attention to T.J. Hawkinson and to have nine catches, nine targets in your first game when you just got there on Tuesday. You had three days of practice. That means Kirk Cousins feels very comfortable with you to even throw, to even look your way nine times. Very comfortable with you, and that's only going to help the Minnesota Vikings offense. So if they get to 15-2, and I'd be surprised, but I can see them being – you know, 12 and whatever it is, 12 and five, something like that. I just had to see if I could get you to praise the Vikings too much. I, th- I, th- I knew this would be the answer, but I wanted to see where we'd go with this, but I agree. And now you'll start looking at the playoffs and we're in. And again, this is going to change so much by the time we get there, but we're looking at a pretty fun playoff so far. The Eagles are on by at eight and oh. The Vikings would be hosting the 49ers, who are the wild card team at four and four. The Seahawks would be hosting the Giants, who they just beat last week or the week before, six and three versus six and two. And then the Bucks, the worst seed, they are now back in the playoffs because Atlanta lost, would be hosting the Cowboys, a matchup that we saw in week one, but Dak Prescott didn't finish the game. And, you know, just being honest with you, I think those will probably be the playoff teams come the end of the year. The only thing that may change will be the Bucs or the Falcons, depending on how, how well the Bucs play down the stretch and how well the Falcons play down the stretch. But I don't see the commanders being able to get enough wins to crack that wild card spot over, you know, the Cowboys or the Giants because, you know, they're going to end up playing each other down the stretch in these division games. So you don't beat the Cowboys. If you don't beat the Giants, it's going to be hard to get – those wild card spots over those guys. I don't see the Rams or the Saints con- contending to get into the playoffs. They only have three wins, and I mean those other teams are already at six. I don't think the Saints will come back and win in that division over Atlanta or you know the Bucks. So I think those would be the teams that we're going to see in the playoffs, and you know the Giants, Cowboys could you know switch up, but I think. Those are going to be the teams coming out of the NFC. Yeah, I don't see we, anybody else. We might see some shakeups and who plays who, who is the second seed, the third, the fourth, etc. It's looking tough for the 49ers to catch the Seahawks even in the West. I think they're both going to be playoff teams, but it's a fun time in the NFC. The division isn't as top heavy as it's been in the past, but 
it's still a lot of fun. And then over in the AFC, there's a lot of exciting matchups here too because the six and two Bills are on a or would get the bye, but they're starting to look fallible. They've lost two division matchups, both to the Jets and the Dolphins. So then we get Kansas City hosting the Chargers. That would be a really fun game. The Ravens would be hosting the Dolphins. That was a shootout earlier this year that the Dolphins win. And then the Titans host the Jets. And that is going to be maybe the most physical football game we've seen in the past five years. No question. That's going to be a slobber knocker. Yeah. You know, that that NFC, I mean, that AFC is is shaping up to be, it's literally shaping up to be an AFC uh, East and an AFC West playoff with the winners from the AFC South and the AFC North. Um, <laughs> seriously, True. because True. the AFC East got three, four teams that could potentially, I mean, you look at the Bills, you look at the Jets, you look at the Dolphins, and now you got the Patriots that are sitting there at, at five wins, right? So they, you never know how that's going to turn out. Then you got the, the Chargers, you got the the Chiefs, those two teams, uh, they're going to be there to come the end of the year. And then, you know, you look at the Bengals, you know, without Jamar Chase, yeah, they got a big win yesterday against Carolina, but that's Carolina. Uh, without <laughs> Jamar Chase, it's going to be tough, but they are the Bengals, right? So they can, you know, they can slide in there too. I think the I think the Titans are safe. Um, that division is down. I think they're safe. Um, the Ravens, the Ravens and the Bengals are probably battling it out. You know, and I think one will get the get the division, obviously, and one of them will get the wild card. Um, I think the Dolphins, the Patriots, the Jets, that's going to be a tough one, man. That's going to be a tough one because I think the Patriots, you know, the Patriots got like that, that mind control over that division for so long. And I think it's hard for the Jets to break through. They didn't they didn't do it last week. I think they play the Patriots again this week coming up. So we got to see if they can break through. But if the Patriots beat the Jets this week, the Patriots are going to be in the driver's seat for that wild card spot over the Jets. Um, the Dolphins look good with Tua. Um, oh, it's tough, man. That division, and like you said, the Bills, you know, but that's the thing that you expect. Like, like I said, it's very hard to be really good every game for a whole season, right? Um, and that's what scares me about the Eagles. That's why, you know, when I did my picks last week for the Super Bowl, it's hard for me to pick the Eagles. Like, yeah, they're the top team right now, but we see it time and time and time and time again where these teams, they just play great all season, then they get to the playoffs, they get the bye, and then they lose in the first round or the second round. Or they win that one home game, and then they lose in the championship game. And it's just like – because it's it's hard, man, the pressure – Week in and week out. Like sometimes, sometimes you just want to lose just to take the pressure off of you. Just to take the people talking about, can they be 17 and 0? Can they, like, just to take all that off. You just want to lose one time. But I guess nobody tries to lose. <laughs> You hope for to get rid of the pressure, but you're not throwing the game. No, <laughs> no. But I think I think you I think you know at some point reality is going to kick in. Just the law of averages, the history. You know, certain things have never been done, and doesn't mean that it can't be done. But you understand it's going to be very difficult. So I think the Eagles know 
It's going to be very difficult for them to win all 17 regular season games and then go and win three games in the playoffs to win a Super Bowl. I don't think anybody's ever been 20-0. We haven't ever played 20 games. So they'll be the first team ever in the history. Somebody got to do it at some point, I guess. It's just tough. It's tough. And I don't know if the Eagles are the team that can do it. I mean, they they play it well, but they, they've shown some some flaws as well. Um, and the NFL is tough, man. It's tough. All it takes is one day to not be on your game. I mean, if they were playing against a better team Thursday night, they would have lost. You know, the Texans took them to the brink, right? If they were playing against another top team and that playing at that level, they would have lost Thursday night. So it's tough. We'll see how it goes. We will. We'll see how it goes for the rest of the season for the NFC, the AFC, the NFL, and most importantly, the Detroit Lions. See if they can stack a couple wins going forward. But make sure you check out our sponsors over at betonline.ag. Glover, anything to send the people off with this week? Go Astros. Sorry, I had to say that. <laughs> Oh, man. So shout out to the Houston Astros. You know, I live in Houston. Um, They won their World Series, so that was huge for the city. Um, Big time. Shout out to those guys. Shout out to the Detroit Lions getting a huge win. Shout out to Kirby Joseph. Great performance. Keep that energy. Keep keep having fun. I hope you can get out of concussion protocol. Jeff Okuda, work on your targets, man. You can't be taking out your top, your good players, man. I love your physicality, but gotta you gotta hit the other guys. You can't be hitting your guys. But outside of that, man, thank you for the lines for you know getting a week off to a great start, right? Getting a week off to a great start. I'm sure there's a lot of Lions fans that are happy to go to work this morning because the Lions got a win. So shout out to those guys. Shout out to Coach Campbell, AG guys. Keep working, and uh, that's all I got. And, of course, we will be back to bring you everything Detroit Lions. But until then, we will see you next time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.